theyeshiva.net. We're up to page Hay in the Maimah Viyadaita. We started to speak about the Der HaFlogger. <coughs> HaFlogger comes from the word Plukta. It's similar to the word Plukta, which means partition, separation. The concept of Machlaikas, which is from the word Lechalik, to split or to divide. And the key issue of the day Haflaga was the separation, Haflaga. Separation between what we call Shem Havaya and Shem Elikim. And the separation stems from the idea, which is that Shem Elikim is really master, is a true, it's not a, it's not a perceived Hester, it's a real Hester. It's an authentic concealment. It truly eclipses Havaya. It's not just it appears to be a concealment. It's a process. One has to be able to dig and excavate and see the depth of a Lekim. No. Haflaga means there's a real separation. It's two, not only different realms, but opposite realms. Which is the antithesis of what Moshe Rabbeinu says, V'yadayta hayayim ha'shavayis ha'levavecha, ki Hashem hu ha'alekim. That's what he. That's what we're explaining. So let's see inside. The line starts on page in the middle of the page. I don't know, like ten or twelve lines from the top. It's the antithesis of the unity, the unification between Havaya and Elikim, which represents the idea that nothing. Ancient of a master cloud. There's no real, real Hester. Nothing is ever truly concealing and blocking the ultimate connection. Kim Adirab, on the contrary. Every single Hester, every single concealment is only there for the sake of a relationship of revelation. To be able to transport the light even to the lowest places. And thus there are filters and there are screens and the light is obscured and channeled and and restricted, etc. And cloaked and manifested and enclosed all in order to bring the air, not to keep it, not to, not to hold it back. And that's the whole objective of all the concealments, to reveal the air. So not only is it not a Hester, you'll say, okay, it's not a Hester, but it's not a Gilui. You'll say, maybe you, somehow you can ignore the Hester. It's more than that. The Hester itself, in Yonah, it's true Mohus, it's true objective, is Gilui. Not just, okay, ignore it, overlook it, uh, surpass it, uh, we won't take it so serious. The Hester itself, Ancient Hester Klal means that the Hester itself, its true essence, even though it's perceived as a concealment, and that's what its job, its job is Alikim, is to conceal Hateva. We said Alikim is Hateva. But nonetheless, the whole function is to be Megala. We cannot, the commission is Boyle El And as explained above at length, the Marshal, in our metaphor, 
the Ashpasa Ravlu Talmud, of the give the communication, the teaching of the mentor to the student. All the restrictions, all the concealments, all of the teachers taking this profound idea and only allowing a trickle of it, an external ray of it, to be communicated to the student, and furthermore, dressing it up, and here he says, in alien parables, alien parables means alien to the idea itself, if the student is not a true student, he could take the marshal and go on a trip with it, because it doesn't uh, immediately reflect the idea, on the contrary, a marshal transports it to something that's a completely different subject, it's like, let me tell you a story. Let's discuss something else. It's a martial czar. Vinyanam Shainim and different ideas that are dis- that are separate from the points. It's all because he wants to give, not because he wants to hold back. He wants to bring the oir. He wants to bring the seichel. He wants to communicate the ideas into the world of the student. And not only to give him a little bit. He wants to give him everything. He wants to allow him to ultimately reach the depth, the full depth of the wisdom of the Rebbe, the way it is in his own mind, pre-Tzimtzum. But there's only one way he can do it. Through channeling it, in all of these, through channeling it, in all of these medi- through all of these mediums and venues, ultimately it gives him the information that if unraveled, after some time, maybe 40 years, as the Gemara says, that he will be able to reach the Oymek Chachmasaraf. So not only is the Hester not something to take seriously as a Hester, because you can overlook it, the Hester itself really is Gilui. It's the way of communicating the light of the teacher to the student in his realm, and not only in his realm, but ultimately gives him the ability to reach the teacher's realm by unraveling and exposing and excavating all the depth that is compressed and concealed and contained here to be able to access the ultimate truth of what the teacher had in mind. And it's only through the Hester. So therefore, and this was all a marshal for the way it is in terms of the entire universe and the entire cosmos, all of reality and the relationship between Yudke Vavke and Elikim, as explained above, exactly the same concept that Yudke Vavke, which is absolute infinity, absolutely undefined and indivisible, could never be experienced within the capacity of creation, which is based on identity and finiteness, hence Avai is filtered through Elikim. And all the concealments that exist in the universe are all processes that are imposed mitzad in order to channel avaya. And yet, the Dar Haflaga sees it as two separate realms. And therefore, Elikim is a true Hester on avaya. The Emesis, Ainshum Dover, Master Klal, there's absolutely no Hester, even if it feels that way, even if it's perceived that way, even if it's experienced as a Hester, because that's what Elikim does. Essentially, Elikim is there to be Megala, 
to bring forth Avaya within all of the universes, each world and each created being according to its capacity. And furthermore, within the Mashal, you have the entire Nimshal, even if it's initially eclipsed, which allows you to come from the Mashal to the Nimshal from Elikim Tavaya. And therefore, Bemela, so therefore one must never get stuck in the concealment. One must never get stuck in the outer perception of things. When you separate Havaya and Alekim, then what happens is the concealment itself becomes that which you fall into. It becomes a trap. In other words, the Chitzonius, the most external element of the world, is what defines a person's attitude, a person's perspective. When a person understands the yichud of so b'meila the oira leki, which comes through to levushim hua iker ve'elavi yedavukumayuchud, and that is what what person connects to, bekiyum atayra v'hamitzvus through tayra and mitzvus ve'ein shum davar hameneyom akavaysimelikus. And therefore there's nothing in the world and nothing in life and nothing in his experience which will prevent him and will stop him from a relationship with Elikos. Why? Because Havayahu Elikim. So therefore, in every moment of Elikim, he will always search and find the Gilui that's coming through the Hester. And what happens when the concealments stand up against the person to prevent him from a relationship with Hashem, from Torah and Mitzvahs? Yamad bin Nisayin Kenegdom. That's the That's 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 one of the manifestations of a Nisayin. He stands up with a Nisayin. The Nisayin. He stands up to the test against them. Not to allow it to become a preventer and an opposition. Which allows the person to reach a far deeper air, breaking through the husk of the Nisayan and revealing the Yutke Vafke, which is Hu Elikim. The concept of Haflaga, which means separation, is the exact antithesis of this. The clue. By the Deir HaFlaga, what it says is, they said to each other that the world is one, we may be scattered, let's build a city and a tower. And the three words they used is, let us make a name for ourselves. Section chapter 38, the Bishma learned, ain't shame, ela shame, doesn't only mean let's make for ourselves a name, let's gain a reputation, let's become immortalized through our structures. He says shame is associated, represents a Vedazar idolatry. Ain't shame, I love Vedazar. Essentially, he equates the sin of Deir Aflaga with the sin of Vedazar. What's the connection? The explanation is as follows. The explained, 
From Shem Havayim. The way it is in its core, its pristine essence, that could have never emerged a Metzius of Ayesh. Metzius of Ayesh means a reality of the identity and the ego of something that feels itself as a Yesh Mamish, as truly existing as a separate entity. Because if the light of Shem Havaya would be manifest, the worlds, the way we know them, could not be intact and receive it. They could never emerge from this air a Metzius, a reality of a Yash, of a sense of egotism that's also finite. The Kaniskel Elbe Marshal, back to the Marshal, Lashbos Asechel, the Marshal of teaching. Shimoya Rav Megal Etzem Sichle Kamarshu, Lohaya Makabo Yachalab Kabo. If the Rav would give everything he knows, the core of his ideas, the way it is, in its pristine essence, undiluted, not, no mitigations, no compromises, no restrictions, nothing obscured, what would happen? Hayumis Balbalim Chushem Makabo Lagamri. The Chushem, the Chushem are the intellectual faculties. Of the of the Talmud would be completely confused. He would be shut down. In other words, his kalim would be overwhelmed, and they would just be in his battle. Kiyodua, as is known, bitla kalim means when something reaches a person, and its uh, expression would be it's beyond his kalim. You'll say it's higher than his kalim. His kalim can't take it. What does it mean? It means that the structure of his mind, his psyche is one that can't contain it, because it can't contain it. So the result is, the kalim just shut down, they can't access it, they can't deal with it. So if the Rav would reveal everything, the way it is in him, to this child, to the student, who's completely in a different league, in terms of knowledge and perception and scholarship and, and understanding, so then the chusheh HaMekabal, the intellectual faculties of the Mekabal, would not be able to remain intact and receive it. You have to know who you're, who you're speaking to, and therefore would be confused. A power, huh? a, power a power surge, surge yes. A power surge, and then the thing can't... Uh, it, there's no kalim for it. So this is a marshal. If the etzim of shemavaya in its core would be manifest... You can have everything existing, but nothing would experience itself as a Metzius Yesh, as its own distinct, autonomous, separate identity with its finite parameters and perceptions. Why? Because it would be reflecting the consciousness of Havaya, which is Bligvul Infinity. This is the language of the Arizal in the beginning of a Sefer Eitz Chayim Tree of Life. The Metchila. His language is in the beginning. The beginning means initially, before creation, before there was even a before. When when Elyon Pashat, the higher light which is Pashat, Pashat doesn't mean simple as simple, like not a big deal. Pashat here means from the word Mufshat, divested from any description or category. Pashat from the term Mufshat, undefined. Mamalia filled reality. Metzius here means reality. 
There was no space for the standing, for the existing of any worlds. So no one, what's pshat? doesn't only mean in the place of this cup, I can't put something else because the cup is already occupying it. means like, you know, if I'm sitting on my chair, you can't sit on my chair. I can't sit on your chair. Somebody's occupying this room fully, so nothing else could be in this room. That's makam in terms of physical space. If Eir ain't Saif is, so to speak, everywhere, it's limitless, it's infinite, it's ain't Saif. So, of course, there's no place for Eilamis. Where are you going to put Eilamis? It's already filled with ain't Saif. But Lehoya makam here means deeper than that. Makam in terms of, makam in terms, as he puts it, Lehoya efshelius metzias Eilamis. Lehoya makam means there was no makam for it. The concept was not shayach. I told you, Lamashal, uh, in, in, in yeshivish language, somebody will say a svara, and you'll say, this svara has no place. In the Zalashan and Achirayinam a lot. Svarazu ain't lamakayim. This logic has no place. What do you mean it has no place? It has to sit somewhere. A svara doesn't have to sit anywhere. An idea doesn't have physical space. Where do, where do ideas exist? Where do ideas exist? In books? They exist where? In your mind? And before my mind? Where does the Svara Hamaitzi Mechaveri all of our eye exist? A common Svara in Gemara. That proof, if somebody wants to take out money from his friend, he has to bring proof. The proof is on the person who wants to change the status quo. If, I am, if I'm wearing a jacket, you come and you say, no, it's my jacket, you took it from me, bring proof, and then you can take it. You want to change the status quo. That's a Svara, there's a logic to it. We can all understand the logic. Where does that logic exist? It exists in my brain, but it existed also before my brain was formed. The truth is, it does exist in a place. It exists in the place of Seichel, which is not a physical space. It's the realm called intellect. When you say, this Svara has no Makai, what does it mean? The Svara has no place to exist because it's, it's foolish. Somebody will say, this is, this is a ridiculous idea. It has no Makai. Well, it, it doesn't exist anywhere. It's a delusion. It's foolish. You'll argue today that the earth is flat. You can argue, but there's no makam today. There used to be a makam. There was an argument if the earth is flat or the earth is round. There was once an ambassador of Israel to the UN. His name was Abi Ibn. So he once said that if Israel would say that the sun yeah, rises, <coughs> it's a Masli said, if Israel would say the sun rises from the east, the UN would say, no, no, no. It rises from the west. There's certain times things have a makam. Something just doesn't have a makam. So that's what Arizal says. There was no mocking for it. The concept of Eilimus couldn't not only not exist, it couldn't even be appreciated, couldn't be understood. Today it's the opposite. Today, post Simtsum, Eilimus is Bipshitus. Elikus is a Chiddush. The fact that Eilimus exists, that's, that's reality. Nobody doubts a normal healthy person, or healthy animal, a healthy creature, doubts their own existence. The fact that I exist, that's a given. Elikus, psachidish. What is it? When is it? Why is it? I can't relate to it. Could I relate to it? Where? What? When? Why? What does it mean? What doesn't it mean? Pre-tzimtzum. 
that what the Arizal is describing, was the exact opposite. If somebody will say the word I, what are you talking about? What's I? What is it? What do you mean? What don't you mean? What's your problem? What are you suffering? What are you taking? What are you not taking? Today, if somebody talks too much about God, you want to know what they're taking, right? Before symptom is the other way. So, Eilamis is Bipshitis now. Elakus is a Chiddush. In the beginning, from the Oyer Alien, if it was, it, it could do whatever it wants. But the Oilemus, the way we know it, with his Amitsius of Ayash, it can't exist in that form when it's experiencing the consciousness of infinity. And thus, there had to be Shemelakim, Kumashakasov, Bereshis, Bara Elekim. It's not just Shem Alekim. Shem Alekim means Havaya channeled through Alekim. Shumidus Hatsimtsum Vahester. Shumitsamtsum Esar de Shem Havaya. Umalbish Esar Bekamalavushimachiyas. Havas Matsiyas Ayesh. Alekim represents the Mida of restriction and concealment. Restricting, channeling, obscuring the light of Havaya. Dressing it up in many, many garments until the yesh can emerge from it. Now there could be a finite identity that feels its eye. Independently of Hashem, it perceives itself as a separate identity that is detached. How could this be? Its whole existence is from Shem Avaya because it's channeled through so many levushim, through so many garments, through so many tzimtzumim, that the ur can create a nivra with the kalim, with those particular vessels, with that capacity, with that identity that allows for a yesh. Imagine if the teacher was not teaching a student. The teacher was creating a student through the information. It's a type of information that creates what type of student? The student with these types of kalim. This is what the Medrash says. There is no blade of grass down here in the world that doesn't have a mazel above it, which strikes it, which hits it, and says, grow, grow, grow. In other words, when you're looking at the blade of grass, and you're studying it, what do you see? So there's the most external perspective is, it's just growing. To be shvat, it's preparing in the stage of hibernation now, for a new season of, of growth, and vitality and vibrancy. If you go a little deeper and you study the processes of, of bushes, of shrubs, of trees, of plants, of, of grass, one could identify the inner workings of it. It's not simple exactly how grass grows from the earth. This is, it's a mind-boggling phenomenon. Any tree, I mean... <laughs> You take a seed and you plant it, you put it into the earth, and basically you have a combination of what seems like a lifeless seed, together with some earth, together with some water, together with some air, together with some sunlight, and then it starts producing for you all types of all types of fruits or vegetables in all of their different textures and colors and flavors and type of nutritious value and packaging, etc. But the truth is, every single grass, it's an extraordinary process. So one could study this. That's a more pneumistic way of looking at it. You don't just take it for granted. What is going on inside? But then there's a third step, the third level. 
And that is, there's the Pneumius of the Gashmius, and then there's the real Pneumius of the Gashmius. There is the science of it, and then there is the Chol Esav Esav, every blade of grass. We're not just talking about the general world of botany. No, Chol Esav Esav, every individual blade of grass. When the Medrash says Kol Esav Esav, it's a marshal also. Every single created being individually. We're not just talking about all insects, or all mammals, or all fish, or all birds, or all humans. That's, that's an Inya Kloli. Kol Esav Esav means every flake of snow, to give it a contemporary touch. Every drop of rain, every drop of slush, every flake of snow has its unique design. So you could look at it as coincidental, as they always say. It's a nice coincidence of how how, how they uh, how they form, how the flakes of snow form. Question. So is he saying here that the mimer, which we've had many times in the Alter Rebbe, that the mazel being makan the Asen is just one step higher up in the chain of Ishtalshin? Yeah, yeah, he's going to say. But in, in the past, when we learned this from Balatani so many times, didn't he always use that, that mimer chazal to it? For the concept of uh, Mamale Kalalman, as opposed to Soviet Kalalman, he would say the example of Mamale. Yeah, yeah, he's going to say that here too. You'll see in a moment. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It has a unique mazel. Mazel here doesn't only mean a mazel as a, you know, you have mazel, you have luck. That's what mazel means. Mazel here represents a spiritual. Source a mucker It has its teacher, its mentor, the divine energy that is tr- that trickles down, that irrigates, so to speak. Just like a plant needs to be irrigated, it needs its water, and every plant needs the exact amount of water, and exact amount of air and sunlight and nourishment in order to be able to do what it has to do. It also has its mucker now this is Mazel, what the Medrash is referring to with the Mazolas, which are known as the heavenly constellations, the various formations of stars which we call Mazolas. But the Shorish of Mazolas is also Malachim al are what we call Malachim al higher angels. There's Gavoyim al each one has something above it. And the source of all the malachim are Shem Alekim, Velachem Nekrem Gamkin, Veshem Alekim, Oibnei Alekim, Vayavoy Oibnei Alekim, Lisyatzev Al Hashem, and Iyav, throughout the Tanakh. Vehemim Mutsayim, these are all the intermediaries. Shal Yadam Nimshech Erva Achiyus, L'chol Advarim, Agashmum Shabaylam. Through them, the light and the chiyus is communicated to every single physical item and creature in the world, according to its capacity, according to its kalim. Ein L'chokalei Sevesev, the spiritual chemistry of it the spiritual anatomy of it. There is the physical anatomy of it. And then there is the spiritual anatomy of it, which is the entire cause for the physical anatomy and all of the processes that result from this. And the general theme here is based on what we explained. The Ishavos, Hagashmi, the emergence of the physical is always through the Tzimtzum. Through the restriction and the concealment of the light, what we mean by tzimtzum and helam is that it gets enclosed in many garments and concealments. And 
as it passes through the various mamutsayim, which are, so to speak, various channels, each one restricts and obscures the light. It allows it to assume a more physical incarnation. So what do I see in this world? In this world, I see a blade of grass. If I would look at the same blade of grass from a higher world with different lenses, I would see spiritual energy. If I would yet look at it from a higher perspective, I would see yet a more abstract transcendent level of spiritual energy. So there's no difference between from the grass and the person? In that sense, right. Based on how physical, how coarse, how brute something is, that's how many intermediaries it needs. Just like you can't compare a teacher who's speaking to somebody who's close to his level to a student who is intellectually or emotionally completely in a different realm. You have to bring it down and bring it down and bring it down and bring it down until it has those oases that can relate to this. So the oil has to come down and down and down. One lavush, another lavush, another lavush, another garment, another marshal, another tzimtzum, another helam, another curtain, another partition, until the energy could be translated and completely metamorphosized into something that you can detect with your physical eyes. You could see with your and touch through your phys- five physical senses, and it completely doesn't express. It wouldn't even express anything higher. So just like we know that even before we get to the world of Ruchnis, in the world of Gashmias, there's endless layers which you can observe in any physical item. We spoke many times, you look at a cup of coffee, you see a cup and you see coffee, you see water. You come with a microscope, you see a completely different reality. And that's what the microscope can detect. And then there's those layers of reality the microscope can't detect. To be able to break something down to its core and discover its molecular makeup and every molecule is a combination of many atoms to discover the anatomy of something from an atomic perspective and then to take every atom and every atom could be subdivided into what we call subatomic particles. Every atom is made up of, uh, you have electrons, the nucleus, etc. And that's all which, it's, it's so tiny though, when I look at it externally, without any tools and without any knowledge, I don't see any of this. So who's right? Everybody's right. Just depends which glasses you're wearing. There's one pair of glasses that shows you a cup. There's another pair of glasses that shows you a completely different reality. It's not a contradiction. It's not one person is a delusional and one person is living in reality, each person is detecting reality based on their capacity, based on their kalim, it's called. Based on their kalim, based on my glasses, I could see what I could see from it, and what I can't see from it, I can't see from it. So grass's kalim is like a student, was a lower level of student compared to human beings' kalim. Yeah, yeah. And we all know how do animals look at reality, how do people look at reality? If you'll see a sign... Uh, by a garden, outside the garden of somebody's house. Please don't trespass, it's private property. It means something to you. Now put up a sign for the deer. Put up a sign, please don't trespass, I'm trying to cultivate this garden. The deer understands one language, it's called a fence. <laughs> that, why? It bumps in. It's a Kenish game. It bumps in. Now you're speaking. Words don't represent a fence. Don't represent. There's a Lushan and Medrash. Suga Bashashanim. 
a fence made out of roses. A fence made out of roses. So the Medrash Rabbi, the Medrash says on it, and Shashidim, that uh, there are moral fences, moral fences, Shashanim, Shashanim Halachas. Physically, there's not, it's not a fence here. If somebody's in the Pchin of a Behema, it doesn't mean anything. It's not a fence. If you put up a physical fence, I can't get there. For other people, words are more powerful than fences. If there's a fence, maybe I'll climb it. Words sometimes are more powerful. It's a deeper fence. But I can't expect the deer that love to hang out in the back of my house to appreciate words. They live in their realm. So everyone defines reality based on their Caleb, based on what they can detect. And within society itself, the way we see today the physical world is completely different than the way we saw it even a hundred years ago, never mind a thousand years ago, never mind five thousand years ago. As the mushal gets closer to the nimshal, we unravel literally every day, or certainly every year, unravel new dimensions of even understanding physical reality from a physical lens, from a physical perspective. How? Simply through the expansion of Caleb. We didn't have the Kalim before to be able to, the word Adam actually, come, the word Adam means indivisible. The, the meaning of the word Adam means get to the point that's indivisible. You can't split it up. I could take this and make it smaller and smaller and smaller, but there comes a point that I can't make it any smaller, at least theoretically. That's called the Adam. But today, even the Adam is split. That's the story of modern day, of, of, of our modern day, that, that splitting of the Adam. The Adam actually means it's indivisible, and there was a reason for it. Because they thought it's the, there's a perfect point, you can't go further. Based on the Caleb, how much further are you going to go? You'll make it smaller and smaller. But there's a whole reality that the eyes can't even begin to pick up. That's all within the physical realm. Now when you go to the next realm, to the spiritual realm, here there's a reality that even the Caleb, that are very sensitive to pick up Gashmias, can't pick up. And this is the Eiruchni, this is what's called the Mazel, which comes from the Malach, which comes from Shema Lakim. And every single reality that exists in this world, essentially, is a process of a spiritual evolution, from higher to lower to lower. Each Madrega that is lower, it assumes another incarnation, another Lavush, until in our world, where it assumes a Lavush Gashmi, what we call physicality. But the same world, you could look at the same exact world, put on different glasses, and you see a spiritual universe. And it's the same world, it's not a fake world. It just depends how sensitive you are. Just like we know it in terms of emotions. Two people could be sitting in the same room and experiencing a completely different reality. People who are sensitive to energies, could walk into a place and they come out, they can't come back to themselves for three days. Why? Because they absorbed everybody's energy and now they're in therapy for a year trying to figure out what belongs to me, what belongs to everybody else. Good luck. And other people don't even notice. They walk in like a bull in a china shop. A bull in a china shop. You come in, there's china here, I don't see any china. Sorry, I'm a bull. So in every reality, two people could be sitting in the same room, looking at the same thing, and experiencing something completely different. It's very often happens with a husband and a wife, right? Sitting in the same room with the same people, a completely different experience. This one sees and hears and feels and senses. I'm not going to say who, you'll figure it out. 
this one feels and senses and experiences and, 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 and there's an intuition what they were knowing and the other one is not even sure they're there. It's like they were here. So and, and, and it depends what level. The same is true with every single thing in the world. An architect walks into a beautiful mansion. So one, a regular person walks into a beautiful home. Take a look. Wow, it's so nice. It's so nice. Decorated so nice. Comfortable couches, beautiful kitchen, beautiful dining room. An architect walks in and they immediately start seeing other things that another person wouldn't see. He starts identifying all the chachma that was done. For this you have to have a chush in architecture. The same is true of a musician when he hears a piece of music. Sees a different layer of it. The same is true with everything. So therefore... The mazel is the koyach haruchni. Amnam. Etzim ha'isavus emishem ha'avaya. Da ha'avaya hu ha'mahava. But it's not that it comes from elikim. Everything is from ha'avaya. Ha'avaya is the ma'ava. Yudke, vavke. K'mishin is ba'ala. Rak sh'oivrai de shem elikim. It's channeled through a lekim. And the reason is because Yutke Vofke Yavaya wants to bring forth also a Metsias of a Yesh. Not just a Metsias, that's not a Metsias. He wants the Yesh. He wants the identity of the world as is. He wants the blade of grass. He wants you. Should express itself, should should illuminate this nivra according to its oifen. What do you mean according to its oifen? According to its capacity, according to its identity. To bring it into existence and then to give it chiyos. Two things. Lahavoysa is to create it and lachiyosa is to give it its vitality. It doesn't only exist, it's alive, it has functionality, it has purpose, it has design. Havoysa is the etzim etzius, chayosa is the type of metzius. So that's being channeled and obscured until the Metzius of the Gashmi in this world emerges. If this is the case, what do we understand from this? The Mamutsa, the intermediary, the channels, are not significant. Because the flow, the energy, the life is not coming from the intermediary. It's just the way it's being channeled. It's the way the light is being channeled. So there's no reason to give significance and chashivas to the intermediary and turn that into the most significant reality, as the Navi says, will the axe boast itself, start boasting itself, and consider itself superior to the chaytziv, to the one who's... Uh, to the one who's carving, to the one who's chopping, to the one who's working with the axe. When you finish building the sukkah and people come into the sukkah, do you go over to the hammer and you say, hammer, you're I want to thank you. And you go over to the nails and you thank them. Without a hammer, without nails, this would never happen. Without the axe, the work would never be done. Everybody understands that he needs the axe as a tool. Without the axe, he would never be able to accomplish this. 
But who is the one doing the work? The Adam, not the garrison. Veloy, the garrison, atzmoy layasim uma. An axe itself can do absolutely nothing. It's not the axe does 5%, the person does 95%. The person does 100% through the axe. You'll never hear anybody say, Without the axe, you can't chop the tree down. Right, but the person is doing it. Nobody will ever say, Look how beautiful is this structure. This axe has built it. When you see the list of beautiful beautiful buildings that were built by, by architects and, and, uh, and contractors, you should also add the, all the tools that we used. Give them credit too. You never have that or how, how brilliant, how praiseworthy is this axe which put up such a glorious structure. They glorify the human architect or builder or contractor, designer. We're also an intermediary. I mean, why should we take credit? No, no, we're talking about the house. No, but, but why is the person such a knocker? I mean, he's also an intermediary. If you go to a Garzan's convention, the Garzan would, would, would have a lot of knockers from each other. They don't realize they're intermediaries. So we also don't realize we're intermediaries. Good, looks good. That's the, that's the marshal. Very good. I will say my guys, it ain't a nikra love klal. So we understand in our perspective that you don't put the name of the house, that you don't associate the house with the name of the guys in this particular axe. Why? I, without the guys, nothing would have happened. Mamish, nothing. The Adam could sit and dream of houses. But if you don't have the tools, and you don't have the instruments, and you don't have the machshirim, you're not building anything. Because we all have the intelligence to understand the difference between an instrument, an instrument that is used as an instrument through which the building came into reality. But he's not the builder. What's the distinction? Why him, yeah, him not? Because the axe is not a balbchira. There was no choice, initiative involved. He doesn't have the ability and the kayach to decide, I'm going to build. It's a diamond, it's lifeless. The person could create the initiative for whatever reason and then manipulate and utilize the axe according. In fact, forming the axe happened through a person. The very forming of the keli, of a garzin, also had to happen through a person, for the same reason. Even though he can't form an axe through himself, he needs the materials that earth provides him. That's true. But taking those materials on their own, there's no initiative, there's no creativity. It is what it is. It's the person whose imagination and choice and creativity and ingenuity could form the weapon could form the tool, and then actually use it. So how does artificial intelligence fit into this uh, analysis? Okay, good. <laughs> search it, they'll say. Because I have to do with a certain tool. If it's a new tool that a person develops, you'll talk about it. They'll talk about certain planes and certain... But that goof is a development of the person.
But that's still within the Gashmi. That's still within the Gashmi. That's, once you get some atomic, it seems to get tricky, you know? Yeah, quantum mechanics is very tricky. That's the bridge between the Geshem and the Ruach. Quantum mechanics is the bridge. Quantum means the, the structures that make up the atom, right? That's quantum mechanics. Yeah. And over there, it's just full of stiddas. It's not Alpi Seichel a little bit. I didn't learn it professionally. You're saying the dam on the river is like the Simpson to channel the water. That's what they did by the Nilus, the Nile. Yeah. That's a good marshal. Nobody's going to say that the channels are the water. Everything is the water. The channels just channel the water. What's interesting is that a malach goes from form from formless to form. It plays around with the whole thing. No, they don't play around. It's the physicality. It's channeled, so therefore the air becomes more obscured. They're able to, on a darn, I guess. It's not, no, it's like a garzen. It's like, if I try to break down a tree. Oh, yes, yes. So I'm saying they somehow can... Every mission minimizes because the Tanaim had those glasses that you're referring to because they were able to see Malachim. Yeah. They saw the world through a different Yeah, yeah. Uh, they saw their energy. Yeah. So they saw humans and they saw the Tzim. Yeah, they saw the energy. So the Novi says there's an expression, Hayispoir Hagarzim Al Hachoitzev. Will the axe boast over? The chutz of the the builder, the chopper, the wood chopper, yeah. Chutz of eitzecha v'shoyev meimecha. Al hachutzim on the one who chops it, meaning the one who employs the instrument. Meaning, even though we we need the tool, because the tool is what allows us to do the construction in a particular way, according to the particular function and utility. Of that tool, everybody understands that it's not the tool who achieves the feat, it's the person using the tool. And that's why we don't compliment the tool, or praise the tool, or attribute the construction to the tool, or say, look, look what a job he did, because we understand that the tool without the person is close to worthless and meaningless. Not that it's meaningless, because it's the tool that allowed him to build, but the tool devoid of the person is is absolutely meaningless. It's the person who's utilizing the tool in a particular way, and that's the person who gets credit. And the reason is because the tool is a lifeless, inanimate item. It doesn't have initiative, it doesn't have pchira, doesn't have the power to build. It is what it is. It's a tool. It's an axe. It's a hammer. It's a, it's a drill. It's a screwdriver. Whatever it is. That particular tool, a beam, a plank, any any tool. The guys in here is obviously a metaphor for anything used in any form of construction. It does nothing. You have the person who uses then the tool. So therefore you attribute it to the person. If somebody slams their door, if somebody slams a door on your finger, I'm sure some of you experienced uh, 
ever got a, <laughs> your finger stuck. I'm not talking if it was bemazed or b'shayig. It's not relevant. So uh, a child, <laughs> right? He can still feel it. He can still feel it, right? Even though it's not life-threatening usually, but just the pain yeah. and the agony. So when a child stubs his toe on the couch or on the corner of a bed, you know, the, cor- the corner of the bed, when the... <laughs> <laughs> the spikes are sticking out or the metal is sticking out. So sometimes to comfort a child, Tati and Mommy will give Malkus to the door or to the bed, right? You'll start spiking, you'll start spanking the bed. Don't do this to my dear daughter or my dear son. But usually part of getting older, part of getting mature is even when somebody slammed the door, you're not going to go to the door and get angry at the door. Even though the door is the one who caused the pain, nobody else did. But we all understand the door didn't cause the pain. <laughs> the door was only a life, completely lifeless instrument. Somebody slammed the door. Yeah, without the door, it would have never happened. So that's the example. It's a very important example, as we will see in the Nimshal, that the sign, the difference between the person who is aware and the person who lacks awareness is the person who lacks awareness can argue, it's all the door, there's nobody else, and that's why the focus should be on punishing the door, educating the door, enlightening the door, destroying the door, so you'll go, you'll go bring, you'll go bring a handyman and destroy all the doors in your house, and you'll have a safe home. But we all understand that that's not the issue. The issue is you have to find the people who are slamming doors. So that's the Nakuda, the Garzan, it doesn't have any koyach, it's simply lifeless. It's all the person who uses it to build or to do anything else with it. Now we come to the nimshal. Again, this is a marshal. And the reason we give a marshal is to be able to illustrate it in our world. So now we come to the nimshal. The line starts yuvan on the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Ten lines from the bottom, I think exactly nunvav. This gives us understanding. And all the mimutsoyim al yoyim. Mimutsoyim al means intermediaries, like a mimutsa is in the middle, like emtsa, right? Mimutsoyim means inter- means all the intermediaries above, which means the whole chain of evolution from the highest to the lowest. Evolution here I'm referring to spiritual, evolution from the spiritual to the physical. They all exist, and they're all results of what we would call Shema Lekim. But they're all like an axe in the hand, in the arm of the builder, of the woodshop. True, through them, the hashpa travels. Just like without the axe, without the hammer, I could not put up this building, so I need it, this is the tool through which I can achieve this goal. But there's absolutely nothing attributed to them that they have their own kayak, their own resource. They have absolutely no choice to say, you know what, I'm not interested. It never happens. The hammer tells you, I'm in a bad mood. I'm not doing it today. You want to build? I don't want to build. There's no partnership like that. When you have a partner, he can get into a bad mood and quit on you. 
The hammer, when it gets into a bad mood, it basically means he's not functioning, he may be broken. But that's partially because it's not around anymore, he's not functioning anymore. But the whole Indian is, it's not a, a Balpchira, even though it's an important tool. I never saw somebody get out of a taxi and go over to the car and say thank you to the car. You said thank you to the taxi driver. The taxi driver didn't do anything. It was the car who did it. Let's face it. In this weather, what can a taxi driver do for you? It's all the car that did it. Right? And the answer, of course, we're thankful for the fact that there is a car that was built by people that we could use in these weathers. But we all appreciate the fact that it's the person who uses the car, the person who defines how to use the car, the person who does the driving. And cetera, in almost everything in the world, you can find the same muscle. It's all the concept of how you spoil Agarzat al Hachaitzev. Well, the axe boast over the woodshop. So there's no bechira that they have. The mashpia, the entire source of the flow is always Hashem. It's godliness. Coming from His will. So why do you need hammers? Why do you need tools? The answer is, these tools are instruments through which the flow is communicated in order for there to be able to emerge the reality of physicality of the material world. So they should be able to receive a flow of light and energy which is physical according to their capacity. So those are the kalim. So those are the instruments that I used in order to be able to make the energy suitable to this particular nivra as explained at length. So there are tools, there are memutsayim, that's what we call kalim, that's what we call levushim, we call them spheres, we call them halemas, we call them tzimtzumim, we call them, var- they're all various instruments. Just like the water, the marshal with the water. You have, uh, we're learning now about that, we learned about the Nile, right? These parishes. The Nile floods every August, and that was the source of irrigation for all of Egypt. The Nile would rise. It was a fascinating thing. I mean, now I think they built a dam there, so I don't think it rises anymore like it used to. But every single August, Egypt, the entire civilization of Egypt, was living in an arid desert. There was no way they could live. But they had this great blessing called the Nilas, the Nile. Every single August, it would rise and flood the entire terrain. And number one, it would allow them to plant. It would give them a very rich, rich soil filled with mud. They could have papyrus and they can have a lot of vegetation and a lot of produce and build boats and have lumber and build an entire civilization besides the source of the water being clean and and rich and fresh for drinking and attracting a lot of fish and animals and crocodiles, as the Novi calls Parea crocodile, and that's why they worshipped the Nile as a god. This was their source of civilization and arrogance and growth. And uh, the water becoming blood was only a sheer, was only a reflection of what really was, was the underlying story of the water, which was that it was being used to cover up uh, genocide. So what would they do is Rashi brings it to something called the Oirim, right? Para Oimed al What they would do is they would create uh, channels, ditches in the ground, 
so that they would channel the water to everybody's field or farm or orchard and water it because just a flooded river is not going to help you. You direct it and you harness it and you restrict it. So it's the water that waters the garden. But you had the various ditches and the various canals and walls of sand that you built and you opened the gate and you allowed the water to come in and not to come in. So you get the exact amount in order to be able to suit this particular garden or this particular orchard. You need more water, you need less water. Just a flood won't do you anything. So that's again a marshal. That the water is the one who irrigates. The water, however, travels through various channels and chains which restrict its flow but harness its flow and direct it and therefore also obscure part of it or hold back part of it not because you don't want the water because you want the water to be able to come to this field so that's the concept of all of the worlds all of the oilimus and the holish talshalus is all agars and it's all tools to be able to bring it forth to a particular to 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 accomplish this purpose. There's something still unsettling to me. Yeah. Because here he says, by the Mimutzayim, he calls them al-yadam over ashba. Yeah. just the channels. But higher up, that's mamish, the Lushan he used about Shem Elohim. He said about Shem Havai in the middle of the page there, yeah. yeah. So if you took that and those, those analogous words to the extreme, it would sound like he's talking about Shem Elohim is also being a Mimutzah. That the Ark goes via Shem Elohim, Nimshachari, they Shem Elohim, Avaya Wikar, the same way these Malachim and Mutsayim. You wouldn't call Shem Elohim a Mutsayim. Right, so that's why he says in the brackets, on the line that starts Elohim, Avaya Malachim and Mazalis, Sheshar Shan Mishem Elohim. Shem Elohim represents the Koya Chakvul in the Rebbeinu Shalala. We learned before from the Avaya Sakaydash, Reb Meir ben Gabbai, who says, that Oyrein Soif Yeshle Koyach Bigvul, Kishem Sheshle Koyach Bibligvul. Shema to Oymer Sheshle Koyach Bigbligvul, Venle Koyach Bigvul, Atamachasu Shlemusa. Part of infinity, so to speak, is the capacity to be finite. That's Shema Lekim. That's a Kavayachal, something within Hashem Himself. Where is it manifested? Where is the impact of that capacity manifested? In every Mamutsa, in every Tsimtsum, in every Hell. Just like in the teacher. Part of a vibrant, living Koach HaMaskil is the ability to unleash, it has a torrent, of a current, a current of ideas. Part of it is the ability to limit it, the Koach HaGvul. Where is it manifested? In a metaphor, in an illustration. That brackets is to try to make sure I don't make the error. Right. So yes, it's all a symptom of the Koyach of Shem Elikim. And that's the point, that Elikim really is, is one thing with Yudke Vavke, <laughs> from the teacher's perspective. Because Ein Etzem, Master Al Etzem. That's where the Halach and Shulchan Aruch comes in in Simon Sadek Aleph and Archayim, that you can't put, for davening, you want to cover your head. Chazal said to cover the head for davening, you shouldn't put your hand on your head. I mean, you could put it, but it doesn't, it's not considered Kisirash. That's what the Paiskim say. That's what the Rishonim say, and it's brought in Shulchan Aruch. In Arachayim, Simon Sadakal, of the Mechaber, and the, and the Tur, the Shulchan Aruch Harav, and the Mishnah Brewer, all the Paiskim say. And what's the reason for it? The reason for it is, the Mishnah Brewer articulates it, I think it's a verbatim quote of Shulchan Aruch Harav, if I'm not mistaken, that since it's Guf Echad, so Guf Echad, Eina Yochel Lechasas, Aloy Guf, something like that. 
since it's one mitzias, it's one entity, my hand is my head, so it's not really a cover-up. It's not interesting in halacha. Um, there's two separate halachas. There's a halacha, minat midas chsidis, which is the minik today, that you don't walk dalad amas begilu yeah, What's The concept of wearing a yamulka. Over there it's brought that a head, uh, to, 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 to put the, the hand on your head is fine. Because that's just a hacker. It's just a recognize, or it's a recognition that there's something above you. So, so then it's your head. So it's a head above a head. Mayesh. But when it comes to a din of kisui harosh, when you actually need to cover the head, over there the hand is not good. Because it's not called a covering. I physically, it's covering. What do you mean it's not covering? Yamalke is covering, my hand is not covering. You can't see what's under my hand. What do you mean it's not covering? So the truth is, yes, physically it's covering my head. You can't see what's under it. But it's not really covering my head. Why? Because it's the same organism. What is it in a kisui? What is it then it should be giloy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, that's a marshal. This is this is where halacha is a marshal for the nimshal. Ain't etz a master aletzim. Elikim and it's shoyrish and it's emes can't be master on yotkev ofke. Huh? It's an Indian uh, Kabbalah to have two head covers. Two makifim, yeah. The kind because the kind god. He's sitting with the yamalke. He wants to make a bracha, and the hand is not there. Put your hand. He's saying on the yamalke because you're putting it on the yamalke. So it's a kissy on the yamalke, not on the head. Okay. You're saying it's a kisui on the yamalke. I, I don't know. Well, it, 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 it's brought in Poiskim, I think, in the Mishnah Brura, the Arachashulchan, that maybe even the Magen Avram, that if you if you have a sleeve, for example, and you cover that, it is fine. It's just the bare hand. My sleeve is already not chelik of my goof. <laughs> you may have a nice suit, but it's not your it's not your body. But the hand is one mitzias because it's really one goof. The hand is not a hand. The hand is a chelik of a goof. It's one. It's, it's all the brain, it's all. It's really all the head, it's all the nervous system, you know, without the, the central nervous system, there's no hand. The whole metzius of the hand is that it's a chilek of the guf. But that's only the hand itself. If you have the sleeve on the hand, then it's fine. Like, people will do this, and that is called kisiyarash. That is called kisiyarash. It's brought clearly in, 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 in the Paiskim over there, in Simon Sadakalif. So very good ha'ara. The shayrish is shaymalakim. If you take a detach the symptoms from the shayrish, that's exactly what happens. So therefore, as explained elsewhere, Moshe Rabbeinu tells the Jewish people, Hashem will bless you in all that you do. So here there are two points that both have to be emphasized. God will bless you in all that you do. The Pasuk doesn't say you should just be a passive bystander in life. Just sit, do nothing, because God runs the world. He says, Hashem's blessing will come in what you do. Sometimes that means... He must involve himself in material acts. For example, for different forms of business. This is the expression of the Gemara and Shabbos. This is business, different forms of ASIC, of business. Why? So you'll say, why? The answer is, If you were living in a higher world, and you didn't need to get chiyas from 
the way God's life is translated into physicality, you wouldn't need this. It's now no, a very subtle observation. If I could live completely from spiritual energy, which he says, and it, this is not from an example for this would be a tainuk sichli. Tainuk sichli is sometimes a person learns something very, very deep and profound. Say you're learning a suge, and you really get it. And there's a tremendous tainuk that fills you. You could say it was satiating. You push it, feel satisfied. Sometimes you're on a high for four hours. Sadly, unfortunately, people could sit in yeshiva for 10, 15 years and never experience this once because nobody even once explained them anything in a way that it actually, that they could smile, that glow on the face, that sense of recognition. Right? Many people who have graduated what they, what some people call the system, don't even know that there's a tainug there. But if somebody, this is not even, we're not even talking about, this is, it doesn't even have to do with holiness. Any tainug sikhli, it's just an example it's a life worth, it's a vitality. But as we know, a person can't live off this. It's good, but you can't live off it. Dugmas, Kabbalah, Schius, HaNeshamas, Beganet. And that's really, when we speak about Neshamas and Ganet, they live. Shemakabim, Chiyusam, Me'asagabel, Lekos, Kemaimer, Yoishvim, Venen, and Meziv, Ashkina. Kemayla, Asich, Amr, Razal, Brachas, Yedzayin, Oilam, Habayim, Beloy, Achilil, Eshsiyel, Etzadikim, Yoishvim, Atosayim, Bereshayin, Venen, and Meziv, Ashkina. Harei, Bedugmas, Kabbalah, Sachius, Achshav, Me'achil, Eshsiyel, Gashmis, Kenyila, Asich, Kabbalah, Sachius, Mashayin, Meziv, Ashkina. Neshamas and Ganeidin also need life. Everybody needs oxygen in life. But a soul without a body receives its nurture, mamish, just like, and, and again, here's a marshal for the nimshal. Everything that food has in its matter, in order to be able to give you nutrition that you need to live, is only a metaphor for a higher level of energy, which is then which is then mistamtsen and restricted and assumes a physical incarnation in the food. So an Hashem also needs food, but it's a different type of food. It's the shayrish of the food, the way it's in Ruchnes. Not the food, the way it assumes a physical incarnation. But when my soul hits a body, now my body has to live. And the body needs the language, it needs the language of Gashmis in order to be able to live. So therefore, I can't come and say, give me chiyus ruchni. That will not be able to give the body what it needs in order to be able to have its oxygen, in order to be able to have its blood, in order to be able to have its sugar, in order to be able to have its salt, in order to be able to have all of its vitamins and everything it needs in order to be able to function as a healthy organism. And that's why the Gemara says in Brachas that in the future, Tzadikim will sit, their crowns on their heads, they will enjoy the ray of the Shechina. What does it mean they'll enjoy? It doesn't just mean it's an enjoyment. It means this becomes their food. What we receive now from physical food and drinks, they receive from the Shechina itself. Why? Because a spiritual entity can absorb that energy, and that energy translates into energy that gives it life. So then, basic if somebody could live off on Eiruchni, then they don't have to. Then they don't have to get involved in material actions, because the person ought to receive their life force in a physical fashion. 
you need physical life. Tzorich lavad hashpa. They asiyah be'esig gashmi. Shetiz gashem hashpa lefiyerka. So now the hashpa that we receive in this world comes through various actions in the material world, which allows the flow of the divine to assume a physical incarnation, which can apply to creatures and physical beings in this world. You can't have our whole planet surviving only on spiritual energy. Go tell that to an ant. Go tell it to a bee. The bee needs nectar. And for it to have nectar, the source of nectar is spiritual energy, like everything. That's why you could speak about nectar, the nectar that bees eat the nectar that they absorb, which is their source of life, and also the source of our honey that we enjoy. That exists in the world of Atsilas, in the world of Bria, in the world of Yitzira. But over there, what is it? It's energy, spiritual energy. Here it's also energy. Then it assumes a physical incarnation. How is that? It goes through the channels that allow the transformation, the metamorphosis from a higher plane to a lower plane. When a person, therefore, needs to receive chiyos in ruchni, if I only need spiritual life, so then, like the Neshama and Ganeidin receive spiritual life, then I don't need instruments that will give me the physical hashpa. But because a person needs a chiyus gashmi, that's how I live. So I need physical food to live. I need a physical home. I need a physical car. I need physical clothes. I can't survive on spiritual clothes. Adam and Chava, before they ate from the tree, didn't need physical clothes. Kosnas oil. So Hashem dressed them with kosnas oil, right? Leather tunics. So the Medrash says, It said oil with an aleph, not with an ayin. Kosnas oil with an aleph. Tunics of light, not tunics of leather. Because so the Maggit says, because he saw in the oil, he saw the oil. In the leather, he saw the light. I see in leather, leather. That's what the Gemara says about Reb Meir. Why he could continue learning from Acher, from Elisha ben Avuya, even though he was a heretic. So the Gemara says in Chagiga, Toichoy Zarak. He knew how to take out the inside and discard the klipa. Not everybody could do it. Some people get stuck in the klipa. Reb Meir had a chush. Same Reb Meir of Oyer and Oyer, yeah. Same thing. So the Magad asks, why does the Gemara say, First you take off the shell, and then you eat the inside. First you got to peel the banana, first you have to peel the orange, and then you can eat the orange. Should have said, Why did it say first, The answer is, that this wasn't that it didn't happen just now. One of the answers. It didn't happen just now with Elisha ben Avoy. The whole Reb Meir's life was one of he looked at the pnimius, the toich. He could see the inside. He could see the oir in the oir. So therefore, when it came to Elisha ben Avuya, he knew how to discard the klipa and not get stuck in that trap. It wasn't easy for everybody. Other people had to dismiss Elisha ben Avuya and uh, not relate to him anymore. But Reb Meir understood how to take the inside of Elisha ben Avuya. What's the point in all of these things? To create a physical world, the Rebbeinu Shalom's Ashpa had to go through the channels that allow it to assume a physical incarnation. And now for me, to bring it to me, I need money. Money is physical money, not spiritual money. At least according to many opinions. <laughs> if you want to take the uh, analogy to Elisha ben Avuya to its extreme logical conclusion, you may have said when you spoke about Elisha ben Avuya before, 
that he recognized not just the total issue of that he had a lot of good Torah in him despite the bad stuff, but that even his yeah. where he had gone wrong was a perversion of, yes, of his energy. Of his yeah. Dysfunction is Right. Right. So, what's the tasa? I can't just say I'm going to involve myself in heavenly matters because I want to produce physical production. Physical production means something that's going to do something physical. Whether I'm working a factory or I'm farming a field. So I need the physicality and that's what's going to produce the physical fruits which I'm going to live from. So for that, I have to go and deal with the physicality. What is this? Is this God or is it not? Because he said it's all divine. But it's the way the divine is channeled through physical channels in order to produce physical productions, in order to produce a benefit in this world that I should be able to function. But no different spiritual or physical. The hashpa itself, the flow itself is godliness. It's channeled through the intermediaries, the malachim, that's on a higher plane. And then dealing with physical matters, whatever that is, whatever your form of involvement is. This one deals with buildings, and this one deals with by, with bodies, and this one deals with with a field and this one, whatever the Asik is, because you need the Shefa to go in through Lechem Gashmi, physical bread, physical food, and through this Lechem, through this bread, but it's nothing but the divine oil, it's all divine. It's the godly energy that is communicated, that is manifested through these channels. Why do you need the channels? In order for it to be able to descend and express itself and manifest itself in this particular medium, which in our world happens to be a physical world. Yeah. The Hashem in the Lechem. I does Moitzapi Hashem outside of the Lechem? You also have Moitzapi Hashem? And the answer is you need the Moitzapi Hashem, the way it comes through the Lechem, in order to be able to affect the Guf the way it is in this world. In a higher world, the soul also needs Lechem, but over there Lechem is not what Lechem looks like here. Over there Lechem is called Lechul Lachem Obelachem, is a marshal. Sayyrascha Besech Moye is a marshal. There's also bread. We speak about muzzin l'neshamis, nutrition for the souls. And it's the same exact like here. What is poisonous in this world, it's because it's poisonous in that world. It's just a different type of poison, just a different type of toxicity. So it's all the hashpah of elikos, it's all shem yudkei The way it's channeled and manifested, it's exactly like the teacher who will give a shear and bring it down with stories and illustrations, so a four-year-old, under, five-year-old understands it. What is he hearing? He's not hearing a deep, abstract, transcendent concept. He's hearing a very physical, tangible story. But that story contains what? It contains a depth. And hopefully from the marshal, he'll be able to get to the nimshal. Why did you need the story? Because you want to reach his mind. If you don't want to reach his mind, you don't have to tell any stories. 
If the Ur doesn't have to come into the Olam Agashma, you don't need any stories, you don't need any Mishalom. When a person understands, and it's not just understanding, it's yuklatu. Yuklatu means it's absorbed. Right? Klita means it's absorbed, it's internalized. You can understand and hear about it, but it's not internalized, it's not real. The result of this is that a person's mind and thought doesn't get yitarid, it doesn't get stressed out and consumed by everything that's going on around them in their world. It won't be something that's matrid. Matrid means it makes you tired, exhausted, drained, depleted. You become stressed. You remain completely divine conscious. You remain what's called the your thoughts, you remain oriented, you remain focused, one with Havaya, with Hashem. And he, he quetches here Havaya. It's expressed in the person's davening, in the person's learning. Not because you're not involved in the world. That's one level. Here you are involved. That's why he says, You're not saying don't do. Do. Why should you do? Because you want his ashpa coming into this world. So you have to get involved in it. But it's Beirachich Hashem But all this stuff, the, the involvement with the world won't confuse him. Lo Yavalbula means it won't confuse him, it won't disorient him. And won't take you away from your dveikas, from your relationship, from your oneness, from serving Hashem. You won't think that when you're in the workplace, you're a different environment. Right. The workplace is not a distraction from shul. Here I was with God, and now I'm in the real world. It's the same. It's the same reality, even though it's a different form. It's a different seer. Why? Since a person ultimately realizes and realizes well, hateth that the iker, the, the the essence, the truth of it is the godliness that gives him the chiyus. All the intermediaries, including the physical things through which the hashpa is manifested. You have a business. If you would shut down the business, there's no revenue. So who's giving you the money? Your business. That's called a mamutza. That's called a channel. It's coming, it's coming through this business. <laughs> it's not that your accountant made up a story. <laughs> your accountant is a, he's an honest guy. This is your keli, this is your structure that's making money, whatever it is. This person is a dentist, and this person is running a gym, and this person is a real estate man, and this person is a, <coughs> is a whatever the issue is, this person is an Uber driver. His car is what's generating him his revenue, large revenue, small revenue, but it's always through a, it's, it's through a keli, it's through ashpa. When the door slams on my finger, it was the door. It was the door. So you should start investing in doors. Start developing animosity to doors. Take the door with you to therapy to figure out why you're so angry at it. You'll say the person Nebach needs help. Yes. Business is Kigarz and Yeah, that's what he says. It's like, do you need the Gaizen? Of course you need the Gaizen. Do you say, no, I don't use a Gaizen. I have Hashem. He helps me. I don't use a Gaizen. <laughs> I have to build a sukkah. I don't need a geyser, sorry. It's sukkahs. 
Rebbeinu needs a garrison, <laughs> a physical sukkah. Yeah, you need a garrison to build. That's how it is. That's the lavush through which somehow the nail doesn't understand the sheer mesechta sukkah it would be great if I could get up to my sukkah to my walls. Say Rabbeinu, it's sukkahs tonight. Sukkahs have developed, and suddenly the walls will just stand up. But somehow my walls don't do that. The walls understand one language. It's called a frask. With your children, you have to learn how to speak. With the walls of the sukkah, you got to get physical, as they say. You just have to know. When they say there was a mice and there was some fellow, some bachiral, he went to the Rav, he says he wants to go to university to study architecture and building. He says, why? He says, every year he builds a sukkah, and a wind comes and destroys it. And he's sick and tired. He wants to really learn how to build. Rabbi says, for this you have to go to study. You learn Masech the Sukkah, the first page, and you'll get more than any classes. You learn the Gemara, you learn Rashi, you learn about everything. You'll even learn algebra and trigonometry and shapes and size, a whole sugi of chest, of test with circles and squares. You'll figure it all out. Okay. He goes and he learns Masech the Sukkah, but even a few months before Sukkah, he builds a Sukkah. And Arab sukkahs an hour before Lichtsin, then whack, a wind comes, boom, the whole sukkah is Ba'arbakan Fasaritz. It needs kibbutz Goliaths. Comes running to the Rav, Rav says, yeah, he says, unbelievable, I learned, to, I learned the whole first page of sukkah, I learned Rashi, I built the sukkah, and this is what happened. He says, yeah, Toysvis asks that. <laughs> so, in, in one world, what, you, what, else, what else do you need? <laughs> what else do you need? Gandik, that's fine. Taishmas asks it, you're good. So that's the Bechay Lasher Tasa. And the Tasa means something else in every world. In this world, it means... So he says, There are the physical things through which the Hashpa is enclosed. For example, your particular business line, whatever it is. Every person has what they're involved in through which they chant. Or now take, not the revenue, but the results. You go and you buy food. This food is what's giving me life. Just like this business is giving me money, this food is giving me life. The, the truth is, just like the door slamming. They are absolutely, he doesn't say, that would be contradicting the whole point. We don't say that the marshal is nothing. We don't say the Hester is nothing. We don't say Elikim doesn't exist. That's not the Kiddush here. We're not saying if you go back pre-Tzimtzum, there's not, that's true. Einam klum mitzat atzman. It's not a real Hester, that's the point. Mitzat atzman einam klum. Of course they serve a purpose. Of course there's something. It's part of God's system. The point is einam klum mitzat atzman. Don't worship it independently, autonomously. On its own, it's insignificant. It's exactly like the tool. What's a tool going to do for you? Nothing, absolutely nothing. They do not constitute the source of his life force. Not the bread and not the business. Not the bread or the vegetables or the fruits or the protein. I know today bread is controversial, but it used to be in the world that a lechem was considered a source of nutrition. Today, Baruch Hashem, we have the prosperity to say, bread, you're crazy, me, bread, I haven't eaten bread in 39 years. But uh, life was not always like this. A piece of bread was considered very, very valuable in Russia. <laughs> if you had bread, it was gevald. So lechem was considered a suda. 
But if you want to change it with proteins, or zayin protein. So that's not the makar chayus. It's the oira leki. I will tell me what does an apple have with an oira leki? What does a piece of fish or a vegetable have with an oira leki? What does my business have with an oira leki? It's basically how the world runs. The answer is no. It's all ilakus through a lavush. They are all channels. They're all containers. Receptacles. In our world, the kalim are such, they are what do you call them? Transmitters. Transmitters that transmit the energy and transport them into a physical incarnation to be able to give life to physical matter. Whether it's the human organism or whether it's anything else on this planet. Take rain, take snow, take heat, take light, take thunders, take lightning. All of these are physical phenomena. They're really spiritual energy. You have rain the way it exists in the spiritual world. But what is that going to do for my field? What is it going to do for my tree? My tree needs water. The ecosystem needs to be able to live in its, the balance of its physical needs, based on its physical chemistry. So the hashbav, the divine, is transported and comes through these mediums. And that's why I have to have some physical revenue. If you come to Torah and you come to, to Hashem and you say, I want to make some money, somebody once told his students that he found in Kabbalah a big zgula for Parnassa, and that is to get a job. Right? It's not such a popular zgula. But it's, it's, they say that it's a zgula. Yeah. So you say, what do you mean? You don't believe in God? And the answer is, it's the other way around. You ha- believe in God, that God is not only in heaven, God is also on earth. The system that he created is also divine. Yeah, but Are there exceptions? Of course there are exceptions. In the Midbar, they sat and the man came down every morning. And if a person is in that p'china, Adir Haba says, Oylam Khatir there's people who in this world are like Mayor Alamaba. But you have to know if you're in that p'china. So therefore, Vim Kain, Magashm. When somebody is in this space, all of the issues that he's facing will never stress him out. Not that he doesn't deal with it. We're not talking about a, you deal with it, but he don't yitru do. Yitru means it creates a tirda. A tirda means you're depleted, you're overwhelmed from it, you're exhausted. Because you don't see them, you don't give them that significance of being the, the core, the essence. This is the source of my life. This is the source of my happiness. And therefore, if something is wrong here, I go crazy, I have no life which you often see with people, how, how easy it is to get stressed out. Somebody made a comment. Somebody said they'll do this. Somebody said they won't do this. Somebody sent this text. Somebody sent this email. And for the next three days, this person has no life. He can't be a father. He can't be a husband. He can't be a mensch. I lost myself. Why? Because I worship all these forces. So they have, they have such power. Of course I get overwhelmed. Ki ma'ikir... Where's his dveikus? His dveikus is in the core, in the essence. In Hashem, in Torah, that's his dveikus. 
He is divine, he's divinely oriented, he's oriented completely, holistically towards Hashem. Vigam, it also expresses itself in one more thing. He doesn't have to be sly. Tachbulis means people who are always devising tricks and schemes. Again, this doesn't mean to be naive. This doesn't mean that every shark steps on you and everybody, that's not what he's talking about. Tachbulis means where you become a shark. It's all about scheming and sly and shrewd. It's like, why? Because it's basically believing that sharks run the world. So if I can backstep and outsmart and not say the truth, and then I'll hop it. It's a certain way of living. And for a while, it looks like a life that's going to work. But it's really, it's really empty. There's nothing there. It's not, there's no emes there. There's no pandemic. That's why you become, you lose you. What happens is you lose your own pandemic. It's like you're not a person anymore. You become like a shell of a person. Because that's what you did to the world. You stripped the shell from the pnimius. You stripped the muscle from the nimshel. That's what happens. I have to do this and this. Sometimes a person becomes a work excessive. Not stop. Non-stop. You have to be there. How do you see this? What's called long? He says, you see, it takes you away. It takes you away. It's my name, Akavai, Sebeshasa, Koshim, Mitoida, from Toida, from Davening. Kim Yasik, basic, Lefiyerk. You could do your business, you do your work. Lefiyerk means according to your capacity, according to your skill. It shouldn't take you away from Davening in the right time. And the reason is very simple. This is where it's at. If I spend another six hours in the office, this is where it's at. I children don't have a tati. Where it's at. <laughs> very nice. They want to live in a house. They want heat. They want electricity. Then they want to go away for the summer. Then they want a vacation. Then they want to go to Florida. Who's paying the bills? You got to know who's paying the bills. <laughs> So that's the cheshbon the person is making. You're making the levush. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu says. He is giving you the koyach to generate chayel, to generate valor, to generate success, to generate strength. Meaning, Moshe Rabbeinu says, don't say, my own strength did it. We see from this again, two opposite points. People usually hop on one, not the other one. If you didn't have to do anything, then there wouldn't be a mistake that, the reason I could say, it's me, it's because I'm expected to do, expected to be creative. I'm expected to put in my skill and talent and work and time. Therefore, I could say, If all I had to do in life from a Jewish perspective was be passive, so what's the havam in a There's the charaya you need, There's the creativity. Why? Because the hashba comes through levushim. So you have to create a levush. You have to create, whether it's a business or it's a source of revenue, whatever it may be in order to be able to be typhus, to access the chiyos that comes in Levusha, in the Gashmi is the Levusha. But, it's who are nice in L'chakayach Lassus Chayim. O mikol sheken sheyizoy moed benafshe shalai yishom nidnud isur ba'eska. Till now we spoke about stress, we spoke about excessiveness, 
We spoke about taking you away from who you are and your priorities and Torah and Tefillah. But certainly, such a person will be cautious that there's no forbidden mysis. Nidnud Isser means that his business is not connected to things that are prohibited. Person knows that the whole business is only a vessel, it's a container. But what is being manifested, what is being channeled? It's divine energy. So you need that the vessel should be suitable for that which wants to come into it. If your whole keli is filled with even, a, even not filled, nidnut, nidnut means even a little bit of isr, of things that are prohibited, repulsive, immoral, promiscuous. So it's not a suitable keli for the earth. So the keli needs to be clean, it has to be edel, refined, from prohibitions, from, from sin, from negativity. So it's not only a good moral decision, it's also a good business decision. That's the fact. Besides that it's a good moral decision to be a moral person, it's also a good business decision. You don't really see holy people having money. I don't know that he's talking about holy people. He's talking about you and me. That's the mistake. We think there's holy people and then there's real people, right? There's holy people who are hunchback. They don't know the world. They don't wear glasses. They don't see anything. People drive them everywhere. They barely walk, right? They barely live. That's not... That's... Huh? We do you see that over the Shem, somebody that does the right thing is a better tailor. I think that people who live really an honest life are much happier people. They have much better relationships. And maybe money, sometimes a person will see more, sometimes, but it's called clean money, calm money, serene money. And everybody knows that money without menuchas hanefesh is worthless. Menuchas hanefesh without money is also... <laughs> A little problematic that somebody once told me. He said, listen, money doesn't bring happiness, but it certainly helps. And certainly not having money could be a source of misery, right? But there is money and there is money. In other words, a person who lives an an upstanding, honest life. So the truth is long term, anybody who knows, you probably also make more money. It's just a different type. Because when people can trust, when there's integrity, it shows up. It doesn't mean there's no nisyoinus. Part of this world is also nisyoinus, right? They say uh, no good deed goes unpunished, right? We know that. There's nisyoinus also. But that's that's another helm. That's just another helm. It's, it's it's a challenge. You don't have to get nispal from it. You don't sell your soul for it. But people who don't sell their soul, their soul is not on sale, People have a different respect in terms of money. Partners, investors, clients. If you'll, it's, it's not now, it's not, I, I'm not really an expert in this field. But if you will look today, yeah, and get the top hundred books from non-Jewish business tycoons who give advice, what do you think one of the most central themes in all their books are going to be? Huh? integrity, purpose. Got to inspire your employees with a purpose. They're making the world a better place. Really? Who's making the world? I want money. I don't need to make the world a better place. I want cash, cash, cash. That's it I want. 
where are they coming from? Their cheshbon is not a uh, maimer. <laughs> Their cheshbon is money, 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 money. How to build, that's why people buy the books. They don't buy the books to get spiritual inspiration. And yet, what's their theme? Their theme is you got to have a purpose, integrity. You can only motivate your employees with money. You have to motivate them with spiritual purpose. Mamish kemat all the books. Here you have somebody who authored a book on business. So you won't be surprised. I'm, I'm true, it's true what I'm saying about all these books. Why, why do they say that? Not because they're naive. Because in the big picture, there's a truth to it. Does it mean that nobody ever lost money because they were honest? Yeah, today you may have lost money. But who knows what happens in a week, a month. Where is that money going to be used? And what does it do to you and your family if you would have made that money? There's a bigger, when a person lives with an inner pnimius, then the money is also holy money. It's pure. It's wholesome. The money and this person become one in a way that there's a seamless spiritual flow. You're typhus what I'm saying or not? Do you disagree? Yeah, you can go to sleep. It doesn't mean there's no challenge. There's challenge. I mean, the world is a tough place, let's face it. There's a lot of Levurshim here. The world is a tough place. But there's a serenity. There's a serenity. There's also one source. You're not fragmented in a thousand. You're not chasing a thousand tales. When we talk about Parnassah, it's just food. Or is it our Parnassah, what we mean, all the money and stuff above what we hear to the body? Like tuitions and health care and all that. No, I think health care is part of what Parnassah, health care you need. Health care you need and tuition you need. No, somebody so got to pay for it. This, the only thing is That's true. That The truth is the greatest struggle in the 1800s and for most of history, the greatest struggle that people had was simply to put food on their table, which we don't understand, Baruch Hashem. At least most of us don't understand. Even those who struggle, right, have bread of bread. They may not be able to afford steak every night, but they did they, they, this pasta or potatoes, whatever. The concept of people waking up in the morning and going a day, two days, three days, and there was no food for their children. This was part of daily life. That, that's, the, that's the fact. We have the luxury today to speak about Parnassah in very broad terms. Baruch Hashem, it's a Geval de Kazakh. Every mouth is fed. And people should have Harchava. That's the point. People should have tremendous Harchava. But Harchava in Gashmias could not be divorced from our chavr and ruchnis because it's a short-term solution. It's like a drug. Drugs make people feel very good. So somebody will say, nah, they don't make, they do make you feel good. Does stealing ever give people money? Absolutely yes, just like drugs give people high. But what type of high do they give? They give a high that destroy your mind, they destroy your soul, they destroy your personality, they destroy your relationships, and every day you need a new one. Why? Because it's chitzainius. It's not the real thing. The same is true with money. Same is true with relationships. Same is true how we run businesses. These things catch up on us. Yeah, I could do a fast fix here, fast fix there, fast fix there. I can deny and I had wheel and deal and bagavanin and backstab and lawyer. And, and there's people who are, you know, they're very good at it. And if you ever had a relationship with those people... You probably know what I'm talking about. You know, there's the lovens of the world, right? 
What does Rashi, what does Yaakov say? Hechlifes maskurti aseris moinim. One day it was hakudim, next day nukudim, next day brudim. That was long. Somebody once told me, he made a deal with somebody, and the guy broke it completely. It was a serious issue. So he went for a meeting with the person. So he said, Anson, you made up that you're going to do this. I trusted you on your word. So he says, first of all, I never said that. Even if I said it, I didn't mean it. And even if I meant it, now I changed my mind. Okay. <laughs> and that's also a lesson sometimes. You deal, sometimes you have to learn how not to be. You know, that's also, that's also a lavosh. <laughs> that's also a lavosh. You're saying when you eat treif, you're getting nutrition. Right. And when you eat on Yom Kippur, you're getting nutrition. When you eat chametz on Pesach, you're getting nutrition. Right. Well, not that, because that's carbs. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> now I realize why God said not to eat chametz on Pesach. I never understood. Pashat carbs. It's man cheresenu, no carbs. So what do we substitute it? We substitute it with lady fingers and macaroons and schmirling chocolate, much more. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't get the message. <laughs> the Gemara says matzah is rishus. Only by night you have to eat matzah. The answer is that, like in everything, you're stripping the chitzonius from the pnimius. Short term, it could it could work. Long term, something that that is damages the soul is not going to be effective. So begashmis, if, if a person eats something that's... Begashmis, I could steal money and go to the bank and deposit it and buy a beautiful car with it. People do it all the time. Begashmis. It's going to work. If a person eats something that's also begashmis, it's going to affect him in the, in the long Yeah. Yeah. You think, there's, you think there's no reason for the fact that after three and a half thousand years, Jews are not only alive but generally speaking, have created beautiful communities where there's very little... Uh, in our schools, our schools are not perfect, right? Not Lubavitch, and not Satme, and not Vizhnitz, and not Bobiv, and not Ger, and not Litvish, and not Yeshiva, they're not perfect. But I haven't heard of any school in Muncie, or Lakewood, or Chicago, or Toronto, or Crown Heights, or Borough Park, or Williamsburg, or Naprak, right? Where there's gun violence, all of our problems, thank God, it doesn't. Why? And not because we don't have autistic children and Down syndrome children and children with mental challenges or suicide bombers. After Auschwitz, who should have been the suicide bombers? What do you think the reason for this is? One of the biggest reasons is 3,000 years of a kosher diet has transformed the Jewish psyche. It has refined the Jewish people. It's not a simple thing. The Ramban speaks about this, the Barbanel speaks about it, that the, the kosher diet has had an effect on the psyche of the Jewish people. Thousands of years of eating certain foods, not eating certain foods, it went into our bloodstream. It's what mothers give their children in the milk from day one, from the first moment they're born. There's a certain, there's a certain refinement. I'm not saying there's no corruption by us, I'm not saying there's no Jewish mafia, no Jewish murderers, and no Jewish terrorists. There are. But when you look at what we have been through and where we are, right, most Jews, most Jews, by and large, the concept of violence and, and terrorism and, and murdering innocent people, even if they don't believe what we believe, is, is considered loathsome by us. It's, it's, our motto is, Oyster Shalom Imremu, Oyster Shalom Aleinu, you know. 
after Auschwitz, who should have been the suicide bombers? The Arabs. All Jews should have been suicide bombers. It was hard for Jews to kill Germans. It was hard for them to kill. There's a reason for it. And part of it is kashros. Does it show up right away? It doesn't show up right away. But when you don't feed your soul, ultimately it catches up. Just like a person lies. Can I get away with a lie? Of course you can get away with your lie. How many people lie to their wives every day? Huh? Not in this room, but uh, how many people lie to them? Can you get away with it? Yes, you can get away with it. For how long? It's like if you live off credit cards. How long can you live off credit cards without having a dollar? Anybody did it ever? So I asked an expert. (laughs) He told me three years easy. Three years, you don't have to have a penny. And after three years, after three years, it gets complicated. Says demo dafanon ibn gamvenon. After three years, so why can't you live off credit cards forever? And the answer is because it's credit, because it's not yours. For three years, you can live. Makablun dain mendain, right? Vamrin kaddish. Somebody's going to say kaddish, but but the same is true with everything in life. You could live off something that doesn't really belong to you for a while, but at some point, it's just too many things catch up. The same is true with all these things. A person could live with something that is alien to him and is not true for a while. But at the end, it comes to bite you. Because it's not real. Your type is what I'm saying. You agree? Huh? Yeah, yeah. That's more of a halacha question, but I would also say that if... The more sensitive you are to lakus, the more you have to be careful. It's just like with nutrition. Some people can eat potato chips a half a day, and some other in a good mood. They eat for breakfast, they go up here, they eat seven ragalach, and then two pieces of cheesecake, yeah, and then a coffee with three spe- uh, teaspoons of sugar, and they're all, they're all happy, yeah? I eat one ragalach, and I get into a depression, I'm in a bad mood already. For the next four hours, I'm in a bad mood. Uh, I'm not having Ragalach. Till I finish teaching. <laughs> you have to, it, it has to do with sensitivities also of a body. The same is true spiritual. They are very spiritually sensitive. And then a Nidnut Isra will kill them. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> We're trying to strive for a Mitzvah, like in our daily life, where we'll be able to see beyond yeah. into the real yeah. hardware comes from. Is this the idea that Ramban was talking about with medicine, in terms of not seeking simple reform? Yes, yes. But the point is that, yes. that he was really saying that yeah. you're looking for the Erlok yeah. direction, exactly. and when, but it's only if you're at that level. Yes. You, that we have to go to doctors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's the same sort yeah. of idea. Yeah. If you look on the Pesach, Kol HaMachla, Shasam Tevim Mitzrayim, you have the Ramban, you also have the Evan Ezra, and on the Evan Ezra there's a Pirush Avi Ezri. It's very interesting. So he writes this whole thing about medicine. 
how the mood, how if you don't trust the doctor, everything is worthless. If you don't have a positive attitude, it's meaningless. It's very interesting. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.